Please remain standing as we share this morning in the reading of God's Holy Word. We will be reading from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. You have that printed for you in your bulletin. You read with me. I'm already being poured out like a sacrifice to God, and the time of my death is near. I fought the good fight, finished the race, and kept the faith. At last the champion's wreath that is awarded for righteousness is waiting for me. The Lord who is the righteous judge is going to give it to me on that day. He's giving it not only to me, but also to those who set their heart on waiting for his appearance. This is the word of God. Thanks be to Up to now, we have spent most of our service remembering and reflecting on friends and family, members of our church congregation who've gone on to be with the Lord. And that's appropriate. That's a good thing and a right thing for us to do today. But at this point, I want us to shift focus. I'd like to shift the focus from them onto us, you and me. You see, the reality is that there's going to come a day in which your picture is going to show up on an All Saints bulletin. One day, a candle will be lit when your name is called. And the people who knew you will remember you. They will think about you. What will they remember? What will they say? What will they think? Now those are sobering questions, and yet questions that are extremely important for us to reflect on because those questions form and shape how you and I will live our lives today and tomorrow. I think that's something of what was on Paul's mind when Paul wrote the words that we read just a moment ago. He acknowledged that his own death was close and he said, I fought the good fight, I finished the race, I have kept the faith. And I think that for Paul, those were not just words that he wanted to write to describe his life. I think those were the words that he hoped people would say about him when he was gone. And I want to suggest to you that those words provide some meaningful insight for us as we reflect on the question, what do we want people to say about us? when we're gone. What does it mean to fight the good fight, to finish the race, to keep the faith? I think if we took that and and we summarized it and we just said it, it's the, the most common denominator we could find. It would be this. It means to live as close to God's will for you as you can. 
to live as close to God's will for you as you can. And if we take that and we whittle it down yet to even a single word, I think the word is love. Above all else, God's will for you and for me is that we love. And more specifically, that we love our family, that we love people, all people, and that we're known for love for his son, Jesus. And I would suggest to you that if that is the focus of your life, if that's how you spend your days on this planet, loving your family, loving people, loving God, then at the end of the day, you will have fought the good fight. You will have finished the race. You will have kept the faith. And you won't have to worry at all about what people will say about you when you are gone because it will all be good. So I want you to think this morning about the legacy that, that, that you are living and uh, how your life is living close to the will of God for you Expressed most simply in that word love. Think first of all about your relationship with your family. Will members of your family, will others who know you say, boy, Frank really, really loved his family. Mom, dad, they really loved us so, so much. And they showed it. Now that word, the, the phrase showed it is important because you see, love has to be expressed. Love has to be demonstrated. And if love is not expressed, then those who are on the receiving end of it will never know it exists. Are you going to be known for, as someone who loves your family? And do they know it? And do you show it? Several years ago, I was called on to do a funeral of someone that I didn't know. And so I went to visit with the family at the cemetery, at the uh, funeral home, and before the service, I noticed that two of the daughters, they, the family had lost their, their father, and two of the daughters, both in their mid to early 30s, were sitting on a sofa together there in the funeral home, and they were sobbing. And I went over to them trying to offer some, some solace and some comfort, and I said to them, you know what, it is very hard to lose a parent. And, and they looked at me, and one of them said, you don't understand. We're not crying because Dad is gone. We're crying because we can't cry. You see, we're crying because we don't feel anything. And we wish that we did. You see, Dad never spent much time with us. Dad never held us. Dad never told us of his love for us. Dad never was engaged in our life. 
life. We wish that we could feel something in losing him, but we can't. And that's why we're crying. Now, contrast that father with a father I heard about just this week, about something this dad did on Halloween, on Monday night. Maybe you heard about this. Young father was uh, having to travel by plane from Boston back home. And for some reason, his three-year-old daughter, Molly, was traveling with him. And Molly was all ready for Halloween. But she didn't understand that she wouldn't be able to go trick-or-treating because they were fixing to catch a flight. And Molly was all decked out in her in her costume, she was a donut. And so the father saw, you know, the situation, and he said, i got to do something. And so uh, before the flight, he went around, and he, he, about 150 or 200 slips of paper, he wrote a little message, and the message said this. My three-year-old Molly is really bummed out that she can't trick-or-treat tonight. If you don't mind... If you would take this, and, and to each little note, he had taped a piece of candy. He said, if you don't mind, when my little donut comes walking down the aisle of the plane, when we're in the air, would you be willing to just take that candy and drop it in the, in the bag for her? About the, the time came in the flight that it was okay to get up and walk around, and so little Molly goes walking down the aisle of the plane, and 200 people are there to throw money, get put, I mean money, candy into, maybe it was money too, candy into that bag, and they said, Happy Halloween, as she said, trick or treat. Now, that's, that's a Halloween that little Molly is never going to forget. And I suspect that at some point down the road, when, when Molly is a grown woman and her dad passes away, I got a feeling that Molly and any brothers or sisters that happen to be around, they're going to come together and say, wasn't dad really fun? Wasn't dad cool? Didn't dad really show how much he loved us? Do you remember that time on Halloween when I went trick-or-treating on a plane? All because dad didn't want me to miss out. That's what I'm talking about. How will your family, do they know how much you love them. You know, we want everybody to say nice things about it about us when we're gone. But the most significant and the most important group of all is that what our family says about us. What will yours say about you? And what are you doing today to help write that script? So that they will know how deeply and profoundly and genuinely you love them. Well, think about this. To live close to God's will for your life, to, to, to finish the race, to keep the faith, is to be a person who in your life you are known for your love for other people. And you show it. You know, when you die, are people going to say, boy, Francis, she was some piece of work, wasn't she? That was the most mean-spirited woman I think I've ever met. Tom, wasn't he self-centered and self-righteous? 
that's the, he was always putting people down and just seemed to delight in making other people feel bad. Or are they going to say, man, Frank was the most loving, kind, compassionate person I've ever known. Frances, she was the epitome of what it means to, to love other people. And she was constantly doing that. That's what I'll always remember about her. What's going to be said about you? Several years ago, a poet by the name of Richard Armour wrote a humorous little poem. It's actually kind of silly, but it makes a great point. It's called My Mattress. Night after night, for years on end, my mattress has been my closest friend. My mattress and I are cozy and pally. There are hills on the side. I sleep in the valley. It clearly reveals the shape I'm in. Where I'm thin, it's thick. Where I'm thick, it's thin. Its contours reflect the first and last of me. It's nearly a plaster cast of me. I'll miss my mattress when I am gone. It's the one thing I have made an impression on. Let me ask you. When your life ends, will you have made a positive, lasting, godly impression on the lives of others because of the way you loved, because of the way you showed them. It's been said that when you were born, you cried. Everybody around you smiled. Live your life so that when you die, you will smile. Everybody around you will cry. What legacy of love for others are you building? You see, it's not enough just to love your family. If you love your family and yet you isolate yourself from everybody else, you're not fulfilling God's purpose for your life. To live close to God's will for your life means loving people. All people. Is that what people will say about you when you're gone? And then think about this. Most importantly, will people say of you, He loved God. And it was so obvious in the way He lived His life. She was so devoted to Christ. She loved Christ with all her being, and she showed it. If I love my family, and my family knows that I love them, that's nice. If the people around me know that I love them, that's nice. But if my family and people around me don't know if I loved 
God, I have failed to be who I was called to be. You see, the most important role I have as a father is to guide and steer my children so that they can know their heavenly father. And the most important role that I have with my wife is reassuring her that the love that I have for her is rooted and grounded and secured by the love of God in me. And if at the end of my life, the people closest to me don't see evidence of loving God and devoting my life to Jesus Christ, I am not nearly the man that I hope to be. One of the saddest conversations I have from time to time is when I will be called on to do a funeral here again of someone who's not in the church or that I don't know. I'll ask the question, I'll say, was your father a Christian? Did your mother love God? Did she believe in Jesus Christ? And to hear responses like, well, we really aren't sure. I know Dad had a Bible. I heard Mom pray one time, but did he love God? I don't know. Was, was she a believer in God? Did she accept Christ? I, I, I can't really say. Folks, don't put your family in that situation. Don't make it so that they have to guess and wonder and speculate about the most important aspect of your life. Live your life in such a way that the people who know you best will realize what a silly question that is. Did he know God? Was she a follower of Jesus? It said that Mark Twain, at one point in his life, spent a month or two traveling around the world, and he was away from his family. And uh, when he got back home, he was telling his young daughter about all the famous people he met and how he knew all these celebrities and important people. His daughter was somewhat impressed, but he was a little caught off guard, Mark Twain was, when her, his daughter said, Gee, Daddy, you know almost everybody but Jesus, don't you? Are you living your life in such a way that the people who know you will know that love for God and life devoted to God is paramount in your life above all else? Well, today, the focus of All Saints Sunday is on these wonderful people. But one day, it will be on us. What will people say about you when you are gone? Let's pray together.
God, we try to complicate what it means to pursue your will for our life. Books have been written about it. Theologians have argued about it for centuries. Could it be that your will for us, most simply stated, is this? That we love and that we show it to our family, to people, and to you? Lord, I suspect that if we can say that and do that, when the time comes for us to breathe our last breath, we'll have finished the race, we'll have kept the faith. And those who know us best will be able with no hesitation at all to give expression of the love that flowed from our hearts into their lives. If we are living any other way, correct us, redirect us, and place within us a love that is so profound that it cannot be contained, but finds expression everything we do and everything we say. And it's in the name of Christ that we pray. Amen.